busy Friday night live from Studio 6B, straight out of DuPont, coming right at you on a Friday. <laughs> Slick Rick Scott. Whoa, look at this. We got the uh, memo tonight. All oh, the black. Oh, yeah. Right across the way there. Slick Rick looking, of course, the best of everybody over there going to do sports. Slick, how are you? I'm great. If you can't guess the shoes tonight based on this shirt, <laughs> please don't even, you know, don't watch it. Come on, man. Come this on. ain't calculus. <laughs> this ain't calculus. calculus. That's for sure. Ah, doing good tonight, Big D. Rocking and rolling on a Friday night. Getting All right. ready for rodeo. <laughs> all right, very good, very good. We'll get to all that sports with Slick Rick, uh, Rick Delgado. Got finally got on board here with the colors. Yeah, thank you. Looking good in the uh, black shirt tonight. Not straight out of Dupont like no. me, but oh, still pretty that. good. Yeah. Uh, pretty well, good. How are you? Well, you got the street cred. I'm just stuck with a regular button down, and I'm Ooh. sitting next to the guy who looks like he, he could take down a gazelle if he wanted to. <laughs> with those shoes on. Just Jeez. walked out of disco night down there at Sammy's on a Saturday night. I'm getting ready to go work with Siegfried and Roy in Vegas. Where's the Tiger? Let it into the studio, please. Whoa. Speaking of the Tigers, you see LSU last night? Big win in the College World Series. Well, no, that's a a nice little segue there. But that's not what I meant. That that was slick. That was was the ones doing the Jell-O shots you reported? Jell-O, you are right. Actually, you listen to the sports reports. I never thought he listened. Wow. And all across the country, right TVs the are nose. getting splattered with the- That's <laughs> awesome. almost killed me right there, drinking my seltzer. I'm on Big D. I, I listen at least once a week. I really do listen. I know. Delgado, I'm up to like half a time a week. <laughs> I'll get to a full uh, news report at some point. Yeah, at some point. Usually it's on a Friday when he starts to go, what the hell is he talking about? Well, and it finally dawns on him. is like, this guy really isn't doing real news, is he? <laughs> well, tonight's Friday. Last yes. Friday night, we were... Um, well, it just got off the rails it quick. Off, it was a, it was a, oh. even you came to me a few days later. What'd you say? Oh my goodness, that story is everywhere. Thank you. Right. <laughs> well, the guy was feeling a little sheepish on that first <laughs> night, so yes, but it was everywhere. I did see it. It was uh, even in even in just the news, I believe, which is obviously once it's there, then I know it's real news. So thanks. Um, yeah, Elizabeth Warren donor. Uh, Friday night live from Studio Six B, Real America's Voice. I guess there's a lot to get into, but I don't know. It's the same stuff as seemingly all week. But the whistleblower, Merrick Garland, took to the podium today. Oh, he did? Yes, he did. Oh, great. And are you aware that questioning your government is the height of, uh, the height of threatening democracy? Really? Did he... I thought it was just the opposite. <laughs> did he say you need a, a F-16 to fight, fight the government like the other dipwad did? No, he did not. He basically said that uh, he has no idea what anyone's talking about here. He he can't imagine a scenario that David Weiss could not be uh could not bring charges if he so desired in any in any dish. I mean, I mean, I, I you know, it, it gets to the point where I just you get to throw your hands up in the air because you've got this testimony and you have this whistleblower yesterday. You got these disclosures that we went over yesterday. And here's Merrick Garland today. Well, I mean, instead of just let me just now, now was this a was this a uh, was he at a podium for this? Was it a press conference? Yeah, it was a press conference. Oh, came right. out to the podium. Well, he's not under oath. Well, no, no, he's not under oath. No, he's not under oath. Right. Well, there's the difference. He's not under oath. And by the way, I, I don't know that. Ne- well, you know what? That's a good lead in Delgado. Let's just go back to last time he was under oath because I don't know that that really makes a difference. This is a guy who wanted to be on the Supreme Court and, of course, telling us today that the uh, attacking democracy is questioning the government or questioning the decisions or 
once it wanted to be on the Supreme Court. Here's the last time he was under oath. So then you could be the judge of whether it matters or not if he's under oath. Here's the last time he was under oath. As the committee well knows from my confirmation hearing, I promise uh, to leave. I promised to leave the matter of Hunter Biden in the hands of the U.S. Attorney. Uh, for the District of Delaware, who was appointed uh, in the previous administration. So any information like that should have gone uh, or should or should have uh, gone to that U.S. Attorney's offices and the FBI squad that's working uh, with him. I have pledged not to interfere uh, with that investigation, and I uh, have carried through on my pledge. In April 2022, you testified to Senator Haggerty uh, that the Hunter Biden investigation was insulated from political interference because it was assigned to, as you just now told me, to the Delaware attorney's office. However, that could be misleading because without special counsel authority, he could need permission uh, of another U.S. And attorney requested in it, certain and it was circumstances denied. to bring charges outside the district of uh, Delaware. I'd like clarification from you with respect to these concerns. Uh, the, the U.S. attorney in Delaware has been uh, advised that he has full authority uh, to, to make those kind of uh, referrals that you're talking about or to bring cases in other jurisdictions if he feels it's necessary. And I will assure that if he does, uh, he will be able to do that. Does the Delaware U.S. attorney lack independent charging authority over certain criminal allegations against the president's son outside of the district of Delaware? Um, he would have to bring, if it's in another district, he would have to bring the case in another district. But as I said, uh, I have promised to ensure that he's able to carry out uh, his investigation and that he be able to run it. And if he uh, needs to bring it in another jurisdiction, he will have full authority to do that. If you provided the Delaware U.S. attorney with special counsel authority, isn't it true that he wouldn't need permission of another U.S. attorney to bring charges? Oh, it's a kind of a complicated question. Um, it, Actually, it's not. No. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's not. The answer is yes, and the answer is they didn't want that. Yeah. And again, if you notice, Chuck Grassley's hitting on every single point that was the big were, were the big points in what we found out yesterday. Exactly all of these things were just the opposite of what Garland is saying here. They went to search. Um, they went to search his storage unit, denied. He asked for special counsel status, denied. They wanted to go see him in person. They tipped him off. They tipped off his people that they were coming. So everything Grassley is bringing up right here, on the record, Garland is either lying about right now, perjuring himself, or um, I, don't even know, I don't even know what the, uh, what the other choice would be. Well, you could say either he's lying or he's stupid. So either one, he should be made to pick one. Are you lying or are you just an ignoramus? Not, he's not an ignoramus. Right. He, know, he, knows, he knows how these things work. He knows what the law is. And he knows exactly the, what Grassley is asking him. This is not a complicated question. It's not a complicated question. It's a, just a pure fact. If he had special, uh, if he had special counsel status, he would not need the opinion, and especially one of Biden's appointee, which is the whole point of it. He wasn't free unless he got Biden's appointee down there to sign off. What do you think he was going to ever say? Oh yeah, sure, go ahead. That's the whole point. 
Oh, it's a kind of a complicated question. Um, if it, uh, under the regulations, that kind of act he would have to bring to me, uh, under to the attorney general under the regulations, those kind of um, um, charging decisions would have to be brought. I would then have to, um, um, mm. you know, authorize it and uh, 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 permit uh, it to be brought <laughs> in another jurisdiction. <laughs> um, and that is exactly what I promised to do here already. Um, that if he needs to do uh, bring a case in another jurisdiction, he will have my full authority to do that. Uh, has the Delaware U.S. attorney sought permission from uh, uh, permission of another U.S. attorney's office, such as in the District of Columbia or in California, to bring charges? If so, was it denied? So I, I don't know the answer to that. I do, uh, yes, and I don't want to get into the internal <laughs> elements of decision making by the U.S. attorney. But he has been advised that. Uh, he is not to be denied uh, anything that he needs, and uh, if that were to happen, um, it should uh, ascend through the department's ranks, and I have not heard anything uh, from that office to suggest uh, that uh, they are not able to do everything that the U.S. Attorney wants to do. Well, let me uh, give you my view. If uh, Weiss, the U.S. Attorney there in Delaware, must seek permission from a Biden-appointed uh, U.S. Attorney to bring charges, then the Hunter Biden criminal investigation isn't uh, insulated from political interference as you've uh, publicly proclaimed. Uh, if the Justice Department received information that foreign persons had evidence of improper or unlawful financial payment uh, paid to elected officials or other politically exposed persons, and those payments may have influenced policy decisions, would that pose a national security concern and demand a full investigation and when ray was here he seemed to answer that question uh, in in uh, uh, that it was a national security concern i want your opinion in uh, the way that you're if i if i follow the question exactly right if it's an agent of a foreign government asking um uh, someone uh, and paying someone to uh, do things to support that foreign government in secret yes uh, i definitely think that would be a national security problem Okay, my last question is to uh, 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 whistleblowers have confidentially asserted that the DOJ's Public Integrity Unit, uh, uh, I think I'm going to leave that question for another. Mm -hmm. As the committee well knows from my confirmation <laughs> so hearing. So that, that was the last time I believe that he was uh, under oath. So I don't know that it matters that he's under oath. Yeah. Because, so here, so here's what he's. So just going back now to where we were going to start today. Here's, here is today, not under oath. Mr. Attorney General, um, Republicans in Congress have flirted with the idea of holding the FBI director in contempt. Um, it's become a talking point on uh, the campaign trail, um, the alleged corruption, and and the FBI and other federal law enforcement agencies. Um, do the American people have cause to be concerned about the integrity of the components of this Justice Department? And, and what do you have to say about how they're acting? I certainly uh, understand that some have chosen to attack the integrity of the Justice Department as components and its employees by claiming that we do not treat like cases alike. Uh, this constitutes an attack on an institution that is essential to American democracy and essential to the safety of the American people. Nothing could be further from the truth. You've all heard me say many times that we 
make our cases based on the facts and the law. These are not just words. These are what we live by. They are the foundation of the way we make these decisions. The agents of the FBI, as well as the DEA, the ATF, our uh, deputy U.S. marshals, every day, often at great personal risk, protect the American people and secure its safety. I, our cases are based on their work. I could not be more proud to work with them. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was one, and um, here was two. Well, my other question, uh, yesterday whistleblower testimony came out from an IRS supervisory special agent, current supervisory special agent, who insists he was in a meeting with U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who in October 2022 claimed in front of multiple people that he was told not to pursue the Hunter Biden investigation, not to bring charges in 2022. Okay, let's hold it there. We're going to hit the break, and then I'll come back and we'll give you this in its full entirety. Wow. But questioning, questioning your government, Rick, is, uh, yes. is the height of uh, attacking democracy. So just remember that. Okay. That you're just supposed to go, okay, yes, sir, you must be here. I'm sure you're telling us the truth. No problem. Exactly. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night straight out of DuPont. We're back, but after uh, Sports and News right after this. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. So let's get back to um, Slick Rick's going to do sports. Rick's going to do news. Also, what even is that coming up top of the hour? Don't forget that. Aaron and Fran holding it down, as always. Uh, Merrick Garland today. Let's get back to question two and his full answer, really more to the point of uh, what we saw yesterday with all these whistleblower disclosures dropped. Here it is. My other question, uh, yesterday whistleblower testimony came out from an IRS supervisory special agent, current supervisory special agent, who insists he was in a meeting with U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who in October 2022 claimed in front of multiple people that he was told not to pursue the Hunter Biden investigation, not to bring charges in 2022. You said previously you've stayed out of the Hunter Biden investigation. It's been on David Weiss to figure that out. Can you once and for all shed a little light? There seems to be a little confusion on what's going on here. I'd be happy to. As I said at the outset, Mr. Weiss, who was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. attorney in Delaware and assigned this matter during the previous administration, would be permitted to continue his investigation and to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted to and in any district in which he wanted to. Mr. Weiss has since sent a letter to the House Judiciary Committee confirming that he had that authority. I don't know how it would be possible for anybody to block him from bringing a prosecution, given that he has this authority. And he was never told no. I'm saying he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. Let me play that last part again. (laughs) A prosecution, given that he has this authority. Question? And he was never told no. Non-answer. I'm saying he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. That's not an answer. That's not the answer. That is not an answer to that question. And, of course, we all know he was. 
So, uh, you know, I mean, this again, this is not calculus. We all read the transcript yesterday. John Solomon today. The top 10 bombshells from the IRS whistleblower testimony. Number one, prosecutors resisted IRS efforts to ramp up the investigation before the election. Number two, DOJ repeatedly squashed search warrants. Number three, Shapley and his team never managed to interview Hunter Biden nor any other Biden. Number four, prosecutors limited questions about Joe Biden. Number five, IRS agents couldn't get access to the Hunter Biden laptop. Number six, a key Biden appointee blocked the pursuit of some of the most serious charges. Number seven, DOJ rejected Weiss's request to be named special counsel. Oh, that was just in the testimony in front of of, um, Grassley. That's, of course, why Grassley is asking it. WhatsApp messages, number eight, uh, connected Joe Biden to Hunter's business deals. After all of the, I have no idea what my son's doing, Mm -hmm. never been involved with his (laughs) business decisions. Hey, I'm sitting here next to my dad, pal, and if you don't get up, cough up the money, He's going to go to town. No, he's not involved. No, no. And, and you know what's crazy about that particular story? And I wanted to reference it last night, but but we didn't get to it. Is that that's the exact same tactic that Joe used that we've seen on video uh, literally a yeah, hundred times at this time, right? To fire the prosecutor, or else you're not getting the money. And by God, son of a bitch, look at that! And I'm out of here in six hours. Yeah. Um, that's the exact same tactic, like father, like son. Yep. Number nine, Biden met CEFC, China's business client of Hunter's. And that, of course, remember Rob Walker and all that. And number 10, agents never saw the Biden FD 1023 form. And, of course, that is uh, having to do with Bill Barr saying that he sent all this to Delaware. FBI and IRS agents investigating Biden never received the confidential human source. So now there's a question of did he send and did they not receive? Did he not send and they did not receive? So there's some, we need some clarity there as well. So you would figure Bill Barr needs to be probably in front of a congressional hearing at some point here, not too long as well. But Merrick Garland for sure needs to be. Yeah. And again, when you're talking about the whistleblowers and Shapley in particular, um, he had wanted to, and Weiss had wanted to. They wanted to interview, like you mentioned, uh, Biden associate Rob Walker. Among other things, we wanted to question Walker about an email that said 10 held by H for the big guy, yeah. Shapley said. We had, obvious, we had obvious questions like who was H, who was the big guy, and why this percentage was being held separately with the associate hidden. But Shapley said, U.S. Attorney, here's the name again, Leslie Wolf. She interjected and said uh, she did not want to ask about the big guy and stated she did not want to ask questions about dad. Yeah. Didn't want to do any, ask any questions about dad. Yes. The decision prompted outrage from both the FBI and IRS teams, but Wolf stood her ground. So you have Wolf. She needs to be called. Of course, Graves needs to be called. And then Congress needs to take the money away from all these people because I, I, as I ended the show last night saying, I, just don't, I don't know what else they can do. It's so run amok at this point. It's so out of control. I don't know what else we can do. So Yeah, who, who are you going to get to prosecute the Department of Justice who does the prosecutions? Yeah. All right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow on a Friday night. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Getting to the end of our promotion, 
uh, which we will do another one later in the year, but July 4th will be the last day we'll do this one. If you buy anything from Lindell and you use our promo code, send us the receipt. We'll send you uh, free merch from our store. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, here's a good tie-in. So we got one of our Getter followers, Christina Diane on Getter. Last night was her husband's birthday. I got the geek after the fact, and they're from South Kingston, Rhode Island. And uh, they, they, they were uh, big LFS6B fans. In fact, I got a picture of him with the Trump was right t-shirt, Big D, and the live from Studio 6B <laughs> t-shirt. So I wanted to shout him out as a happy birthday there. You know, I'll get to you, but sometimes I can't, I can't see the geeks when I'm on the show. Um, and uh, well, let's go to the only rodeo I think the Biden administration would like to sponsor, and that's the Crooked River Roundup in <laughs> Printville, Oregon. Here we go. Susie Yancey Paparina. Hop on down there this weekend. Joe has a sign right out down at Crooked River. Here we go. Uh, bareback riding. We got a tie in the first round. Mason Stuller on Big Stone Rodeo's INC's Whistleblower. <laughs> and Matt Turner on Four Star Rodeo's Carmelita. <laughs> I, I, I'll make this stuff up, boys. Here's, I your, pic- it- here's your picture of Mike, uh, Slick Rick. I saw this after the show last night, too. And actually, ah. uh, give it back. That was a pretty good looking, pretty good looking shirts. Happy birthday to Happy Mike. Birthday. Yep. Yeah, love the show. Watch all the time. Obviously, great supporters. That's what we love. Uh, and uh, so let's get the steer wrestling second round leader, Jacob Stacy, 4.8 seconds. Team roping second round, Clay Smith and Clo- Colby Payne, five seconds flat. Saddle Bronk, Mitch Pollock, 81 points on Big Stone Rodeo Inc.'s Buster Moon. Uh, tie down, we got uh, Cass Kayser, 9.4 seconds. Barrel racing, Ashley Castleberry, 17.28 tenths. Steer her open, Garrett Hale, 12.1 seconds. Total payout, $194,796 in that Oregon Rodeo. And here we go, Big D, LSU. Here we go. This is Cokie Riley of the Lafayette Daily Advertiser. Instant classic to reach College World Series. Omaha, Nebraska. Tommy White's transferred to LSU for a fresh start. He missed the NCAA tournament as a freshman at NC State. He came to LSU not just to play in it, but play for a national championship. And thanks to one swing of the bat on Thursday at Charles Schwab Field, he'll get his chance. With the score tied at zero in the 11th inning. Remember, we were at the 10th inning last night when we were still on the show. White swung at the first pitch he saw and sent it into the stands, punching LSU's ticket to the College World Series 2023 final for a 2-0 win over Wake Forest. And to cut it short, Big D, they'll be taking on Florida. First pitch tomorrow night, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Going to want to catch that. I'm definitely going to tune in, and uh, we'll see what happens. I almost went to school uh, with the Gators to Florida, but I'm going to be pulling for LSU. I love the purple and the jello shots. Come on. Who doesn't love these guys? Come on. Casey at the bat. Let's go. So, hey, LSU, Florida, great College World Series, and that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you on I think, Friday night. I think you like the leopard print more than you like any yeah. of that. What yeah. do you think? Uh, well, think yeah, the LSU Tigers, I mean, this is leopard, you know, uh, could be considered the cheetah, which I'm not. <laughs> and anyway, that's it. That wrap in sports, Big D. <laughs> which, which you're not? Okay. That's no. fine. Live from Studio 6P on a Friday. News with Delgado. What even is that coming up top of the hour as well? LOL of the day. Lots to do on a Friday night. We're back right after this.
right, 30 minutes past the hour on a Friday night live from Studio 6B. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's going to do the news. Plus, what even is that? Aaron and friend holding it down as always. Glad you're a part of the show. Uh, all weekend long, Real America's Voice has been covering today, obviously, and they will all day tomorrow as well. The Road to Majority Faith and Freedom Coalition this is taking place in Washington, D.C., and like I said, we'll be covering it all day tomorrow. They've already had some great speakers there. I got a couple clips from Mark Robinson I want to get to here uh, later in the show. But our own David Zier is on site at the Faith and Freedom Coalition, and he joins us now. Mr. Zia, how are you? Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Uh, we had a great day here at the Faith and Freedom Coalition Road to Majority 2024. Um, we had a lot of great interviews uh, that we've done here. Uh, a lot of the presidential candidates are here. Steve Scalise, Byron Donald spoke today, Dr. Alveda King, Josh Hawley, uh, Vivek, very popular right now, Mark Robinson, uh, you know, the whole bunch, DeSantis and Trump speaking tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So give the audience a little background if they haven't heard about the Faith and Freedom Coalition. You're down there in the swamp in D.C. Doesn't sound like two words that go together with D.C., <laughs> Faith and Freedom. Two things we certainly need more of these days. Yeah. Um, what, what is the conference about, David? Is it just that Faith and Freedom or who leads well, it? And tell us a little bit about it. Well, that's what it's about. You know, uh, people feel like we're lacking spirituality, uh, maybe, uh, you know, more religion and faith in our lives because the country seems to be coming apart at the seams. Uh, Ralph Reed, um, you know, who's been very popular over the years in the Right to Life movement, uh, rarely popular in Georgia. He helped take back the Georgia um, you know, uh, government uh, to back to the Republican side back in the 90s, uh, very active. Uh, and the conferences and are full of great people. There's a combination of, you know, pastors and religious people and stuff, but there's a lot of great organizations. I, I had the opportunity to interview Joni Ernst. Uh, I could get you some stuff on that. Uh, Joni Ernst is very, you know, good people in Iowa. It's kind of bellwether for the rest of the country. Very conservative. They've taken actions against transgender reassignment surgeries for their students. Uh, the people are pro-life in Iowa. So this is right up their alley. So Joni Ernst was very popular today. Uh, Francis Suarez, uh, the mayor of Miami, spoke and talked about how he reduced homelessness from like 6,000 to 600 people or something like that in Miami. Uh, but lowered crime. Uh, he's pretty popular here today. And, uh, you know, everybody has to keep up with Trump. Right. That's the goal of this. There's 18 presidential candidates out there on the GOP side. You know, I don't know what the strategy is going to be. They got to consolidate whatever they got to do. But the latest polling still has Trump up by like 50 points, 35 points, 30.3 as an average in the aggregate for the real clear politics uh, summary. Uh, overall, Trump is leading uh, DeSantis by 30 point like three. Uh, points. And uh, so there's a lot going on in the news, right? There's a two-tier justice system going on. There was a trip to China that, you know, may or may not have bared any fruit. Uh, there's the threats around the world. People are looking for signs that we could take our country back. So they want to gauge these candidates and see who has the right message. Um, and I think it's... Uh, it's, it's pretty well attended. There was over a thousand people listening to the speakers in the room. Tomorrow, there's a whole new slate of speakers coming in, and there's breakout conferences, kind of like CPAC, where there's different topics being discussed by influential people. Um, I've had great interviews today with the Fredless, Fred, uh, Frederick Douglass uh, Society or Foundation, uh, the Moms for Liberty, uh, Eric Colton, uh, who was really great. This group called uh, On Traffic, um, and he's talking about 
trying to get and save these children in the United States who've been uh, susceptible to trafficking. You know, there's over half a million kids missing a year in the United States, so uh, it's pretty extraordinary. And uh, Liberty University, Dave Bratt we had on, uh, always fun to talk to, talked about the economic crunch coming because it's been delayed because the Fed's dumped another $500 million into the economy to punt the commercial credit crunch because commercial loans were down like 56% last quarter. Um, so, you know, we have problems coming. Commercial real estate suffering, um, the uh, phones are quiet, and commercial real estate businesses, the vacancy rates going up, and commercial is a leading indicator for everything. We're in recession territory with the economy, with like 261,000 claims, I think, last month um, for unemployment. Um, but also, you know, everybody's working two jobs. So, you know, the uh, state of the economy is still in question. I think we've got tough times coming. I had the Rochester uh, Republican leader on, this young guy, Marcus C. Williams. What a pip. He was really great. He's a minister. He's also involved with these great organizations. And, you know, uh, Rochester is one of the highest murder rates uh, in New York State, if not the country. So, um, you know, he's trying to fix that up there. Uh, great people on the ground. A lot of attendees. More to come tomorrow. <coughs> Trump on at 7. And then I'll be going to Michigan, to Oakland County GOP for the Lincoln Day dinner uh, up in Michigan on Sunday night. And then Tuesday, I will be on the ground covering Trump uh, with a, probably a live feed from Concord, New Hampshire. And on Saturday, I'll be in Pickens, South Carolina for the next Trump rally. So a lot going on. All right. Uh, very good. So, David, hang right there for a second. Aaron, if you can throw this up, I want to play this moment from earlier today in at the uh, at the conference this is uh i mean if this guy doesn't make you want to jump through a brick wall i don't know who does listen to this will fall what is the right move the right move number one is to get someone into office who puts america first Someone who understands that they are the, the president of the United States of America, not the president of the world, the president of the United States of America. <laughs> Vladimir Putin puts Russia first. The president of China puts China first. The man in Brazil puts Brazil first. The man in our office puts ice cream first. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Today, America needs a fighter indeed. This nation needs a fighter. Someone who is willing to go onto the world stage, walk in boldly, strongly, waving the American flag, saying, the Americans are here and we are in charge again. And we're going to lead this world into the future with freedom. That's what America needs, and that is why, on this stage, today, I am endorsing Donald J. Trump as the President of the United States of America in 2024. Because now, doggone it, is the time for warriors to stand up and get it done. No more of this soft talk. No more of this easy speak. It's time to put away the cigars and the, th and the, and the pipes and the cross legs and the calm conversation. This nation is at war and we need a warrior at the helm. And that's why I'm endorsing him right now on this stage. Well, here it is. 
I mean, uh, I'm wow. going to go whoop someone's ass I right know. now, David. That's what this guy makes me want to do. <laughs> I'm going to go whoop someone's ass right now. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, man, what a moment that was, huh? Well, I think that's... Yeah, I think that's the general feeling on the ground here. He just made his way through and didn't have time uh, to stick with us, but I'm hoping to get him tomorrow. You know, uh, his speech was incredible in there and got everyone going. I interviewed him like three, three and a half years ago outside of Fort Bragg, North Carolina, Trump rally, when he was a rising star in the Republican Party. Uh, he's probably the most popular lieutenant governor in the country right now. Uh, and a very strong, very strong uh, speech today in front of this audience looking for some direction. <laughs> I mean, come on, North Carolina. If that's not your, if that's not your next governor, wow. I mean, we might as well just write the state off. I Damon's mean, ready to buy a house there now. I mean, come on, I'm gonna buy a house right there in North Carolina just so he can be my governor. Me and him go whoop some ass together. Come you on. Would. You, you know, guys what, would. you know what's crazy is that, is that I don't even know who the governor of North Carolina is, but I know who the lieutenant governor. Yes, it's funny. And, and I, I, I wouldn't feel bad if I was that guy's kid and I did something wrong because that's the kind of that's the kind of ass whooping you get at home. Oh, man, that guy. I mean, he, he, oh, yeah. I, he's like one of the great preachers. Uh, yeah. He's just so motivational. <laughs> so, David, the speeches that you've heard, I've heard a little bit of DeSantis there today. Are they a, a lot of them focused on, obviously, the culture wars and what's going on? I know Holly, I think, was focused on that a little bit today. Uh, you know, you're seeing some of the polling with all of this. You know, uh, you're seeing some of the sports teams starting to wake up. The NHL yesterday said, yeah, well, I think we're going to do away with the uh, with the pride uniforms. We're not going to make the teams partake in that anymore. You're seeing what's going on with the L.A. Dodgers and all of this. Uh, are a lot of the a lot of the speakers there focused on the culture wars there? Uh, I think that's more about what this uh, conference is addressing is, you know, getting some faith, uh, restoring, you know, what, what was great about America, the rugged individualism that built this country. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, that that's what. Uh, they are focusing on in here. By the way, uh, the governor of North Carolina is a Democrat, uh, Roy Cooper. Roy Cooper, you yeah. Know? So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, they, they, they might need some changes down there. But North Carolina is benefiting a little because there's a little bit of lower cost of living than the rest of the country. And uh, a lot of people from New York and California have relocated there. Uh, but they're becoming New York. Taxes are very high in Raleigh-Dorham area. Um, so, uh, but anyway, uh, so... I think that's what people are looking for, the messaging that uh, we can get some family values back. People can, you know, we can restore maybe the fabric, the moral fabric of our families that have been broken, uh, fighting the nanny state, indoctrinated, brainwashed people who are shoving a pride, you know, agenda down our throat every day and a woke agenda. Um, I think people are fighting back. I don't know who's going to win. Um, but I think one thing is clear, um, uh, the, these candidates are, uh, there's a lot of them, and uh, their message is, uh, you know, how do you out-Trump Trump? Because this conference going in, the Faith and Freedom Coalition, is really geared towards Donald Trump in a yes, way. Yes, it is. You're right about that. he has the advantage, right? He will He's be very Judge, comfortable up Judge on that Devine stage tomorrow night. on his half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so uh, we'll see if it benefits the other 17 candidates. All right, David Zier, very good. And Rav will be covering it, like we said, from Faith and Freedom Coalition down there in D.C. Great speakers. President Trump, uh, I think uh, tomorrow night will be, the obviously, the main attraction. And we'll be covering it all day long tomorrow. So lock it in on Rav tomorrow. David will be doing great stuff down there. Uh, I know we'll have uh, Steve Gruber be covering it back here at the home base, uh, covering, uh, you know, anchoring the coverage. Uh, David, thanks for taking a few moments and joining us on a Friday night. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah, travel safe.
Have a great, great weekend, guys. Thank you. All right, the great David Zier down in D.C. at the Swamp with the Faith and Freedom <laughs> Coalition, which those two things just don't, I don't know. The Swamp. Big, big Z. Z down there. The big, big Z, Z down you know in I want to go. I want to go to this this guy's church just so he can take oh, my confession. Man. Come on! Imagine <laughs> closing the door and just having this guy yelling at you like, "What'd you do?" <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. I have sinned. <laughs> he whooped the devil right out of exactly. you. Exactly. It'll be awesome. Oh man, that guy. He is. He is incredible. What a speaker. What a motivating. Yeah. He's uh, Figure. He is. He is. And just- uh, and by the way, he, he's not wrong. No, no, he's not wrong. That's what we need. And there's only, you know, when you hear him talk about it, there's only one person that fits his description of a fighter. Right. With that fire. And that, of course, is Donald J. Trump. Right. Yep. The only one. We have some other good fighters. But not, not that meet, (laughs) not that meet that description. (laughs) No. Well, because that's the description of Trump even before he said it. You know, that, this, is, this is what he's played upon. He's played upon, you know, putting this country first as opposed to what Democrats like to do is keep us at the back of the line. Remember, remember Obama was like, oh, we belong, we belong, we, we lead from behind. No, leading from behind is following. Imagine and, the and ticket. And that's being a loser. Imagine the ticket those two would make. Oof. Well, I know he wants to be the governor of North Carolina. I don't know what his aspirations are uh, beyond that, but... uh... Imagine him versus Kamala in a debate. No, come on, stop. Come on, stop it. Stop it. Shut it down right now. Shut it down now. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. More to do. This friend, live from Studio Six <laughs> on a Friday night. Slickster, Yeehaw! getting ready to do the rodeo report. Wow. Come on! Oh my goodness! Oh man, I like this. Quit horsing around. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, live from Studio Six B, thirteen to the hour on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Rick's going to do some more sports, but uh, we're going to start with some news since we've been busy so far. I haven't done any news. And here with that is Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by our friends over at EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com, all one word. Go to that Early Treatment Pack. You'll get 50% off How much? Uh, the Early Treatment wow. Pack. 50% off using our code LFS6B. Yes. Rick Delgado, what's going on? Uh, well, there's a lot going on. And one thing in particular that caught my eye this morning, the big story, of course, we talked about yesterday was the submersible. Um, that went missing last weekend, and, and they discovered it had imploded yesterday. Well, according to James Cameron, you know who James Cameron is, right? Yeah, the guy Titanic. Yeah, Titanic yeah, of filmmaker, of course. Well, Hollywood filmmaker James Cameron said he received information within 24 hours of the disappearance that the submersible Titan had imploded when it lost communication with its mothership. Think about that. A Hollywood filmmaker knew what had happened. Uh, we got confirmation, he said, within an hour. Would you like to hear it from him? That there had been a loud bang, yes. Here he is. I didn't hear about it until I woke up Monday morning. I immediately got on the phone to some of my other, uh, you know, contacts in the in the deep submersible community. Within about an hour, I had the following facts. 
they were on descent. They were at 3,500 uh, 3, meters, heading for the bottom at 3,800 meters. They comms were lost and navigation was lost. And I said instantly, you can't lose comms and navigation together without an extreme catastrophic event, a high, highly energetic catastrophic event. And the first thing that popped to mind was an implosion. So I felt in my bones what had happened. So this entire week has just felt like a prolonged nightmarish charade where people are running around talking about banging noises and talking about oxygen and all this other stuff and their coast guard is out with airplanes i knew that sub was sitting exactly underneath its last known depth and position and that's exactly where they found it. i didn't hear about there you go True. like you said the hollywood director who uh, directed titanic among other things yeah. knew in about 10 minutes from one phone call what had happened yeah and by the way so did our government they just decided to sit on it knowing that the week was going to be a week of very busy news and if they could just let string us all along that those five people ha still had hope that they knew that's all the mainstream media was certainly going to focus on is those five lives, rightly so. And the, the depths of that, uh, I don't even know what to, I, you I don't call know. it depravity. We, yeah, we talked about this yesterday. It's like, I almost don't want to talk about it until um, I almost, it's like a weird thing. It's like, I almost feel bad accusing them of such, such like, until I know that that's exactly what they did, I almost don't want to accuse them of it. But I, how, how could it be anything else? Well, it, it, go ahead, Pran. The official saying? response from the Navy was that they picked it up on their equipment, which is very top secret, so they're not sharing information about that. Right. And they told the incident commander uh, that was searching for them where they heard it. So they would go to that area and narrow their search area. And that was pretty much all the detail they released to the public. Yeah, but that's not. But they, they clearly knew. Yeah. Well, they knew it could be an implosion, or it could be the sub hitting the bottom. They weren't sure which right. until they got confirmation of the area. And and what you just said certainly it would have been enough to come to the public and to the families and say, "We'll continue the search, but here's what we think we have based on what we heard this morning on Sunday. This, this was, should have been Sunday afternoon or Sunday night." Yeah, and again, when you got uh, you know uh, James Cameron. The Hollywood guy getting confirmation within an hour, but the families didn't. You know, it's talking about a loud bang on the hydrophone, loss of transponder, loss of comms. Like he said, he knew what happened. Now, the hydrophone, that's supposed to be fairly, uh, fairly well uh, classified because that's uh, something uh, the military uses. Uh, why are they talking about it so openly to a, to a Hollywood filmmaker is another question. The submersible, of course, carrying those five people imploded near the side of the shipwreck, which is about two and a half miles down. So they were almost down to the bottom. I guess they were 300 meters short or something like that, according to, uh, again, I got to reference James Cameron and how he described it. So it's just, it's just crazy that, again, you know, here's something, and, and I know what you're talking about, Dame, in that it's something that's so disgusting. It's like, why, why can't you just, this is just a tragedy. It, it shouldn't be political at all. You would think, right? Um, why do you got to politicize every single thing? Uh, you know, uh, never let a tragedy go to waste, I guess, is, is how they just com continue to operate. I mean, there's nothing that's ever happened. Any, any tragic event involving any kind of airplane, space shuttle, think of all the things that you don't get daily updates over and over and over again. They come to a microphone and they tell you everything.
And they had this on Sunday and didn't come to a microphone till Thursday? Yeah. And they had. And How else can you interpret that? And remember, they had the oxygen countdown clocks going. Oh, we heard banging. Oh, so you're saying there's, there's a chance. No, we didn't say that. We just said that. So you guys keep the story going. Uh, that's what it sounds like. And, and like I said, I, I, I know what you mean about it, it sounding so disgusting. You don't want to think it's possible. But again, these are the same people that have no problem lying to you about everything else. So why would this be any different? Because it's five humans. I saw this tweet today, and I, and I thought this was, exactly, this was exactly right, if I could just find it. And it said, um, hard to imagine a more terrifying death than a cold, dark countdown to asphyxiation at the bottom of the sea. Now imagine you knew they died instantly, and yet you tormented the families with that frightening prospect for six days. Yeah. The depravity is like the gaslighting of the vaccine injured. It's just crazy. Well, you know what? You say, you know, it was five humans. Benghazi was four humans. And look what they did there. They lied about every single aspect of that. And they continue to. They'll never come clean with it. They didn't lie about the guys whether they were alive or dead. No, but they lied about the situation. I understand that. I don't even know that that's even the same. No, it's not. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm saying if they're willing to lie about a situation where you could say, yeah, they were under attack, we, but, but they lied about, you know, no, oh, we, we were trying to get help there. No, they weren't. You, you heard from the guys who, who were sitting there waiting in Italy to respond. We could have gotten there within 90 minutes. No, I, I get that. You know? But they, they didn't tell us for six days that Chris, uh, uh, Ambassador Stevens still had a chance. They didn't drag it out. Right, but, they, but, but I'm, what I'm saying is they're lying about the deaths. Don't, I'm, I'm not saying they're exactly the same scenarios. I'm saying the outcome was the same. Why would you say, oh, my goodness, you know, we tried to get them there. And just like this, we tried to get help to them, but, you know, uh, the clock was ticking. And it's, it's all nonsense. They, they just lie about everything. Anything else in the news right now? There's a ton. Okay. Uh, the Biden DOJ, of course, I've got that. I still want to jump into. I've also got this other story uh, regarding the post office telling you uh, maybe you shouldn't be sending. Uh, this is the craziest thing. Maybe you shouldn't be sending checks through the mail now. There's a new warning from the U.S. Postal Service saying do not send checks through the mail, Slick Rick. Oh, according no. to the three Americans wrote 3.1 billion checks last year, according to the Federal Reserve, and many of them end up in the U.S. Postal Service to pay bills for one thing or another. Now the post office is warning its users do not put checks in the mail. Why? Because more and more of them are getting stolen than ever before. Unfortunately, this is happening. This is something that can happen. I've had that happen with a customer of mine. Yep, the check was stolen right out of the mailbox. Right out of the mailbox in front of the post office. Yeah, so who's stealing the checks? It's not entirely clear. It could be workers at the postal distribution centers who recognize the check in the envelope or perhaps more likely leaves who... thieves who fish envelopes out of mailboxes so now you can't write checks all right hour two coming up what even is that coming up next
for Studio 6B on a Friday night, hour two. Damon, you look different. That's exactly right, because Whoa. it's, you know, what's coming up. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> time. Coming up, 2 a.m., Naked Hammer Fight Club is coming up. That's a beautiful show. Otherwise known it. as What Even Is That? So we'll get to that with Rick oh, Delgado wow. here in a second. Slick Rick's been doing sports. Aaron and Fran holding it down, as always, on a Friday. Glad you're a part of the show. Make sure you follow us on all our social media uh, at LFS6B. Pretty much everywhere other than Instagram, LFS6B Show over there. But uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, Getter, uh, Truth, all at LFS6B. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. But most important thing you can do is go over to the website, livefromstudio6b.com, and make sure you become a member. It's absolutely free. It only takes about two, three minutes, not even, really, if you're pretty um, pretty good with the sign-up, which is all about two clicks. That's it? Especially if you use Google or one of those things to do your sign-in and do your joining. Join the site. You get a 10% coupon off of anything in the store just for joining as a member. Plus, you get great stuff. So you get an email every day. I send out... That's not some pretty good stuff. So uh, make sure you're a member of the site. Go over there live from studio6b.com and sign up. Uh, lots to do here in hour two. We'll see how it went in the briefing room today with uh, the whistleblowers yesterday. Let me give you a little hint. Not good. Uh, so we'll get to that. And then we'll get to the LOL of the day. But right now it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with what even is that? All right, Damon, well, thank you. And uh, hey, hey, uh, let me ask you this question. Did you know that I'm about this close to renouncing my citizenship so I can defect to Russia? And then I can maybe say something (laughs) negative about Vladimir Putin in hopes that someone will toss me out a window to my death. Yes. You might be wondering what has driven (laughs) me to such uh, thoughts, you ask. Well, it could have something to do with this article from the author, Susanna Weiss. Check it out for yourself. Are you a gynosexual? What? Here's what it means, according to experts. If you're attracted to women or femininity, it might be the label for you. What the hell is even that? (laughs) Isn't that the name of this segment? Exactly. (laughs) See, the last time I checked, (laughs) if you're attracted to women or femininity, that means either you're a straight man or you're a lesbian. But I don't know. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's on me. I overslept and I was late for re-education camp. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, but that's the new label they are pushing because, well, Marxist communists are never truly satisfied and will always seek more and more power. So let's see what happens in the first paragraph of the article. We have to jump to it. Oh, goody. Look, oh, God, I'm scared. Look, it's a definition. Seems like Weiss thought it might be a good idea to clue us into her land of make-believe. So it says here that a gynosexual stems from the Greek word gyn for woman or female. I'm glad she's able to figure that part out. It's a relatively new term. Well, of course it is. In the lexicon of sexual orientation created, or I should say made up. This is in Men's Health. (laughs) This is in Men's Health Magazine, yes. To offer more inclusive language, because that's always important, for people who don't identify with traditional gender binary. That's the quote from sex expert Lilith Fox. It's traditional. Yes, as you can see from this photo, is anything but. Yeesh. She looks like a depressed off-brand uh, <laughs> Morticia Adams. Yikes. Malnourished, yeah. 
<laughs> but let's get back to the article. This dribbling nonsense from Men's Health continues by saying this. What it means to be attracted to femininity is very personal, as femininity has no universal definition. What, what, what? Yeah, I'm with you, Mrs. Proflosky, <laughs> because I went and used my very masculine brain and found that this was in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Check this out. As it states, femininity, it's a noun. Defined... Universally, I guess, as the quality or nature of female sex, the quality, state, or degree of being feminine or womanly. Hmm. Now, I'm not sure if I need my tinfoil hat on for this one, but (laughs) to me, that seems to be universally accepted as a definition as the word for femininity, which is derived from the word feminine, which means... Look, another definition. Considered to be a characteristic of women or relating to or being a woman or girl, which just so happens, believe it or not, another definition, to have been in use since at least the 14th century. I'm sure all of this universal defining is making Miss Fox feel very um, emo right about now. (laughs) Oh, Lilith, why the long face? Oh, man. I'm sure the next question you'll be asking is, hey, is there a gyno flag? What did you say? Well, relax your crack. I said flag. Relax your crack? Yes, I said flag, not the other way. And yes, here it is. The article here, it says that there is a flag devoted to gynosexual pride. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. As you can see here, it has pink on the top and green on the bottom to represent the attraction to women and femininity, as well as brown in the middle to represent the steaming pile of (laughs) bullcrap. This made-up nonsense is trying to sell you. Oh, my God. Yeah, look, I think it's safe to say we've all had our fill of the over-sexualization of just about everything, along with the uh, the attempted newspeak definition of the long-held cultural norms and language. But don't think for a moment that they are done trying to divide and conquer us. How do I know? Because now I'm learning about this. It's called being gravisexual. Oh, God. Come on, please. That oh, means you're attracted to the like earth the or massive bodies. So if you're a Lizzo fan, you can rejoice. <laughs> oh. Then there's also being a libosexual. That means you're attracted to liberal dirtbags known as the Democratic Party. No, come on. Don't you like Liberace? <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I just caught this, and I've had this picture for a while, but is it me? No, that's... No, that's not a stereotype. Um, And then, of course, there's the new being called bidisexual. That means you're attracted to a lying scumbag known as the Biden crime family, and you agree with groping and sniffing kids, smoking crack, endangering the safety of minors, tax fraud, gun violations, and if you have to give the big guy half of everything you make, or should I say, half of all your bribes you take in. No, no, come on, you made that up. God save the queen, man. No. Oh, and don't forget this one uh, that we just found out about last year as well. This one's called being pelosexual. Yes, that means you like inviting strange homeless men to your swanky San Francisco home when your wife Nancy's out of town for a little 2 a.m. Na- naked hammer fight club action. It's a, it's a shameless t-shirt plug. Yeah, that's right. Now there's a t-shirt, and I'm never letting it go. Damon, well, me neither now. back to you. Man. All right. Who, who knew having a gyno appointment could mean having a date with a woman? Yeah. So where does, where does that script actually go into... Um, Delgado land at the uh, <laughs> at the Biden sexual and the uh, 
Where does that? I mean, it's this is scary that I have to ask this because I can't tell. <laughs> you can't tell like where where I, yeah, I yeah where where did the creative juices actually um, kick in and where did the actual I guess facts stop? I that think was at, at the Lizzo section. At the Lizzo section. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. you know, it's scary that I don't know the difference. That might well, be the these uh, days. That's what I mean. The most know? telling thing. The, the, the simple fact that now we need a gay word to represent straight male and female attraction is insane. In men's health, no less. In men's health. I saw, um, <laughs> this was great. I saw Steve, Day, Steve Dace post that there's a, um, you can buy the gay pride um, rainbow t-shirt um, still throughout the month, but you can only buy it in men's and women's sizes. <laughs> I guess they don't think these things uh, through. No. Not too well. The transgender, oh, was a tra- maybe it was a transgender or something or other. But you can only buy it in men's and women's sizes, which is kind of. Uh, Guess they haven't against... figured that part out. Yeah, they yet. haven't figured yeah. that. Haven't figured out how to get around that part yet. So, all right, um, Rick Delgado with what even is that? Let's do some sports now and hear what that is. Slick Rick, Rick Amirati. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike. We got to get a sponsor for what even is that? <laughs> Maybe men's health. Armin Hammer. Armin Hammer. They'll start changing weekly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks. We're out of here. Let's do sports. And sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and my pillow. And here with that, Slick Rick. All right, Big D. So uh, another uh, great story shared by 89 Kristen C15. Great get a follower in the chat almost every night. Remember, she's the daughter of the great Gail Cogdale, the former Detroit Lion, one rookie of the year in the NFL back in 1960. Went on to have a great career with the Lions and Falcons and I believe the Colts. But she shared this story with me earlier today. Qatari fund to buy minority stake in NBA, WNBA, NHL teams, reports. This is Washington AP report. The uh, Qatar Investment Authority is poised to buy a minority stake in the group that owns Washington franchises in the NBA, WNBA, NHL, in a groundbreaking move by a sovereign wealth fund into U.S. pro sports, the Washington Post reported. The Post was one of several U.S. media outlets reporting that the state-owned Qatari fund was seeking to acquire a 5% stake in monumental sports and entertainment. The group headed by Ted Leonis, uh, uh, that owns the NBA Washington Wizards, the WNBA's Mystics, and the NHL's Capitals. If the deal goes through, the QIA would become the first sovereign wealth fund to own part of a major U.S. team's Sports club. The post what, cited. What's that going to cost them? I wonder. The WNBA yeah. team's got to be at least hundreds of dollars, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they'll pay a nice penny for the. Uh, well, the Wizards. They'll pay some money for the Wizards, but uh, yeah. a Wizards team probably valued about three billion. So whatever the math is on well, that. What about the Capitals too? Right. NHL Capitals are worth probably yeah probably somewhere in the neighborhood of that two billion NHL team. So uh, just very interesting developments to see them you know coming in now. Obviously, we know with Live Golf there was a, a, an involvement there. They merged with the PGA. Just seems to be this Saudi money is kind of coming into the sports world so we will keep an eye as that develops and see what happens but of all places of course washington where else and speaking of uh gyno uh, well, what's what's also interesting about that is that a lot of people are now starting to the the whole idea of the lift thing going through is starting to build steam that the department of justice is not going to let it go through yeah uh, which is interesting so now that now that they're targeting washington-based teams is also interesting yep. and i wonder if the two don't have something to do with each other I don't know. It's really wild. 
So uh, this is Riley Gaines. Obviously, she's championing women's rights in sports. We're really proud of her. And uh, she says, Rapino and Morgan, disingenuous virtue signaling with claim to be okay, transgender athletes in women's sports. This is Jeff Poor, Breitbart. Thursday, during an appearance on uh, Fox and Friends, former University of Kentucky women's swimmer Riley Gaines discussed competing against transgender athlete Leah Thomas and how she was working to defend women's sports. She also took issue with women's soccer standouts, Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan, who were dis- Dismissive of the issue of transgender athletes competing in sports. Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, they have no problem with it, Fox and Friends co-host Brian Kilmeade said. What's your message to them? My message to them is, of course, they're done playing, Gaines replied. Of course they don't have daughters to defend. It's disingenuous, and it's virtual signaling. They want to be seen as kind. They want to be seen as inclusive. But they know in their hearts, every single person knows, they wouldn't have had the opportunities and success they had without the woman-sported category. Uh, but now they have achieved what they achieved. They've ac- accomplished what they wanted to do, accomplished, so they don't care, the former UK swimmer added. They would rather give girls up, give away our opportunities to be seen as kind and inclusive, when in reality, this isn't inclusive, it's exclusive. So, Riley Gaines, boy, she's really taking the fire, Big D, and taking the blows and uh, doing a great job of it, standing up uh, and, and obviously speaking before the Senate. Here's what, uh, here's what Serena Williams told David Letterman back in the day. I'll just play the audio here for oh, you. Yeah, that was another story. Uh, um, myself and him playing a match. And I'm like, Andy, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Because for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. Oh. So, I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6 0, 6 0, and five. <laughs> Five to six minutes, maybe ten minutes. Because, <laughs> no, no, it's are, true. It's honestly, true. It's a completely, really? it's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game, and I love to play women. Yeah, it's just a different yeah, game. Yeah. That witness that Ted Cruz was questioning must have missed that one. <laughs> All right, live from Studio Six B. More to do. Back after this. the blues on a Friday night. Let me talk to you about our friends over at Birch Gold. Well, you know, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar as our national debt continues to skyrocket. Have you thought about how you're going to protect your savings so it doesn't melt away like a big ice cube? in the heat of the government spending that they keep turning up on you. Well, times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. And here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, that is, uh, by the way, for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, as the BRICS start to band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying, by the way? They're buying gold. You should follow their lead. Text America to 989898. Get your free information kit on gold today from Birch Gold. There's absolutely no obligation, just information for you. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. Birch Gold can help protect your savings as well. Text America. Send it to 989-898. That's America. Send it right from your mobile phone. Type it out. America. 
and send it to 989898. Do it. Take action today. All right, 18 past the hour live from Studio 6B. LOL of the day today. Home Depot up in the Portland uh, area is putting out new promotional buying guides for their store. And that is the subject of today's LOL of the day. Roll it, Aaron. This plywood here, as you can see, we're almost completely sold out of it because a lot of small business owners have to purchase this when their businesses get vandalized. These sticks right here, very popular for Portland protests. Homeless people will, by law, be camping on your front yard, and homeless people prefer yards that are well-kept. When you steal a car, come right here to the key section. Every criminal is going to want one of these here. These earplugs here are very popular among Portland residents, perfect for anyone that doesn't want to hear banging, drilling or the truth. This caution tape right here is actually very important because the police in the area have actually run out of crime tape. Let's say you're going through the front door of a small business. You go like this. This one is going to be one of our most popular for sale, obviously. If you're looking for a brick to throw through the window of a small business, uh, that's going to be in home and gardening in aisle four. This hose right here is actually perfect, and a lot of criminals use these to siphon gas out of people's cars. This propane is perfect for cooking. You can go potatoes, hot dogs, obviously fentanyl, gaps and cracks. This is perfect for any Portland resident's political ideology. So you want to go under like this and really have a firm grip right on the top. This door right here is actually one of our top selling doors. It's very easy to get through, as you can see. We call it the Joe Biden immigration policy. If you're looking for spray paint for vandalism, uh, aisle nine. <laughs> Oh man, they've really taken these yeah. uh, educational videos up a notch you out know, there. I'm glad I'm glad you played that. I never knew how to hold properly hold a sledgehammer when you're bashing down a door. Yeah, if you're gonna, especially if you're going to be a member of the 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club, you got to be able to hold that hammer. <laughs> exactly. More yeah. than one way. That's exactly right. No so, matter what time it is. The <laughs> Joe Biden in- immigration door. It's a big seller in aisle 12. It's very easy to get through. Wow. Man, man. <laughs> Oh, man, that was good. <laughs> this is sign will be our top seller. <laughs> For sale. <laughs> oh, God. So. Talk about the highs and lows of this country. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do some sports. Uh, sports is brought it. to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Saves you 10 to 50, 60% off sometimes most items. Great stuff from Lindell. Uh, I know he's down there at the Faith and Freedom Coalition along with Rav and David Zier, and everybody's down there covering it all weekend. Make sure you lock it in. Um, and if you use our code LFS6B while you're shopping at MyPillow, send us the receipt, forward us the receipt that you get from Mike, and you get it in your email once you make your purchase. Forward that to us that shows you used our code, plus it has all your shipping information. Tell us what you want from our store. Say, Big D, I need that 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club shirt that you were wearing yeah. in that blue. Oh, that's a beauty. And we'll send it out for you absolutely free. And you should have it in the, you know, probably probably five to ten, ten business days. Maybe a little behind right now. We got a bunch of orders out last night. Um, so send us that. We'll get them done over this weekend. We're going to get everything caught up this weekend. So by Monday, every order will be out in the mail. 
Um, so forward those receipts to LFS6B at yahoo.com. We'll take them through July 4th. You know, you know, I'm thinking too, because now that you mentioned the shirt and it looks great in blue, by the way, last night I wore the yellow, which looked nice. I like it in blue. Um, I think this shirt has the potential to be the first outfit we offer. If we can come up with a, like a oversized pair of old man trunks, uh, I mean, boxer shorts that you wear with uh, long black socks. No, I not. mean, put that together <laughs> on the page. We're not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna go for the not, full Paul Pelosi. No, no. Maybe maybe a glass <laughs> of. Does it come with a glass? Just gonna see. Yeah. See, I know where you're going before you this even get nice. there. Yeah. It's gonna get it's a, a trench nice coat. Look. I know the flash is opening up this weekend. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got us ready. All right, Slick Rick. What's <laughs> going on idea. in sports? All right. Well, we talked about it a little bit last night, but the Spurs take Phenom Victor Webinyama with number one pick in the. NBA draft, Andrew Lopez of ESPN. San Antonio, the Victor Webinyama era has officially begun as the Spurs made him the number one overall pick last night in the NBA draft. Webinyama, a seven foot five French phenom with an eight foot wingspan, walked across the stage at the Barclays Center in New York to shake NBA Commissioner Adam Silver's hand and formally mark the start of his new career. Uh, the Spurs uh, used up all five minutes they had on the clock uh, before making the pick official. They didn't want to do a spur of the moment decision. Uh, and and Webinyama <laughs> called it the longest five minutes of his life. Uh, Webinyama is considered by many to be a generational talent. Not Big D. Big D says the jury's still out. Uh, a player who can defend and play above the rim, but move with such fluidity that he can also hit a step-back three-pointer off one leg. So we will see how this young man makes out and follow his career. Uh, and the great Dick Vitale uh, to be on voice rest, but expects ESPN return this season. You know, we love Dick on the show, of course. Dick Vitale, the Hall of Fame voice of ESPN's college basketball coverage, <laughs> said Thursday that that he'll be sidelined for about two months following a pair of surgeries on his cords. Uh, Vitaly made the announcement on social media, and he does expect to return for his 45th season on ESPN. A little too much. You guys, uh, you guys, <laughs> listen, I think this guy over with the, guy, too much he's still on the gynosexual uh, segment. A little yeah. too much 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club <laughs> talk today on the show. I think Slick Rick got caught up there. I didn't know oh, you were such man. a big fan of that. No, we do 30, like Dick on the show. I got about 37 We jokes. love Dick Vitaly. Right. I got, I got 37 right. jokes, but I'm going to keep. I'm going to behave as a family show. Uh, so uh, no, I, like I like to, to keep Big D on the air. So yeah. uh, anyway, that's a wrap. <laughs> hey, on that note, that's a wrap in sports. That's it. Of course. Enjoy your sausage and peppers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Friday night, Slick Rick. Yeah. It's all right. Plus, we do like yeah. Dick. We yeah. like Dick Vitale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, let, yeah. let it hang out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we we get where you were going. We we, no, we just, a, just Dick a, Fight, He's the one of the best. Well, he's the nah, best he's ever. The man. He's yeah. been through he's a lot too. He's been that, through a lot, Dick Fight. Yeah, I, I wanted to just give an update on him because we do love him. Forty five seasons of Big D. That's quite an accomplishment on any on any type of media to be there forty five years. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, right. God bless Dick Vitale. I mean, yep. listen, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. We all yep. know that. That's so, so true. Um, so Amen. let's hope that he continues. And by the way, uh, thoughts and prayers out to Kirk Herbstreet too, yes. as well. His son. His son is going through going through a lot, and it sounds like Kirk says he's got a long road ahead of him. I, th- I think it's something with his heart. I don't. It is. I don't yeah. know the full story. I'll, I have the story actually. I'll run it. I'll, I'll touch on it the, in my last segment. Yeah, and I'm um, thinking about that young man too yep. as well, and hopefully he's uh, pulls through and continues to improve his health. Because no kid deserves to go through anything like that, no and obviously soap. there's too many kids that go through some of these. You know, we sit here and complain about a lot of things, but you don't know real struggle until you've got a sick kid. I'll tell you that. Uh, all right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday. More to do. We'll go into the press briefing room right after this.
minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you've been a part of the show as always. Let's do a quick roll call since once again I forgot to get to roll call at the top of the hour. Got to do it at the top of the show, Slick Rick. Maybe this should be your job to do right. roll call. You could come up with a good and Yeah. Like you're at the rodeo or something right. or other. Monday roll, night will start. Roll call, roll call. Roll call. Everybody check in where you're watching. If you're a first-time viewer, make sure you let us know. City and state that you're watching. And again, if, if it's your first time or first week, had someone send me such a nice message. Love when I get nice messages. They're rare. They're rare. <laughs> Usually people complaining about yes. me or something. But yeah, um, us. saying they just found the show this week. Someone told them about it. And and it was like day four or five. And I was just happy that it was day four or five. And they were writing me that they were still here. And I think I said, well, it's amazing that you're still watching the show. So that's good. So uh, people do seem to like the show. It seems to be an addictive thing. I, I get that a lot. I watched it once or twice. Now I'm addicted. I hear that. That's the words that people use. Yep. I warn people when I tell them about the show. It is. It is addictive. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you, know, you know, you love addictive. Yes, I do. Exactly. <laughs> Stop giving me a hard time about this, will you? <laughs> right, I'm never going to live this down. <laughs> um, let's go to the press briefing room. They had a press briefing today after the whistleblower disclosures of yesterday. You can kind of imagine how. It was maybe going to go. Not that everybody in the press there wanted to ask about it, because we know they certainly didn't. But James Rosen certainly did. And uh, here's how it went when he got asked a question. Documents, their authenticity nowhere challenged. Uh, that included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, a Chinese Communist Party official, which stated in its entirety, and I quote, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father." Unquote. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. No, I know. <laughs> of course, I'm not. I'm not James, James, let me just let me save you some. Let me save. Let me say. Let me save you some breath. If you're going to ask about this, I am not addressing. I don't. I know you do more than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Wow! Run, coward! Run! There you go. Here you go. Because he's going to kick us off. There you go. There's your um. There's your transparent. There's your response from yeah, the administration. Yeah, yeah, your transparent, yeah. most transparent administration ever, as they yeah. like to tout themselves. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh huh. Think of it was. Think of that was. Now, here's what you need to do in this whole thing. The whole thing. In the in the text message, take out Hunter Biden and his dad and put in Don Jr. and President Trump in there. Oh, forget it. And then just think of that as if that was, let's say, uh, that you know, you had Kaylee McEnany and she brought in uh, who. Who, who was it at the State Department then? I guess Pompeo. No, well, not somebody under Pompeo. Whoever it was. Right. I forget who held that position in the Trump administration that Kirby now holds. But um, just just reverse all the roles. 
And just think if that's what they did, what the media in there. Now, you have James Rosen in there. God bless him for wanting to read the whole text on record on camera, which is great. Mm, that was great. Um, but just imagine what the rest of the 95% in there, because you have only 5% in there now who wants to even deal with this issue. You can see their heads during that clip. They're all looking at their shoes like they're slick Rick to see what they're wearing today. <laughs> but imagine if it was reverse, what the other 95% would be like. Oh, I mean, it would be absolute chaos. And they'd all turn around, stand up, grab their microphones, and look at their broadcast cameras and do hits on every show that ran for the whole day there. On how, what are they hiding? What are yeah. they, they, they can't talk about it. We can't get an answer. We can't do this. The president obviously needs to go to jail. I mean, today, though, this is what we get. And, and we're just supposed to accept that. And we're all just supposed to accept that answer. I'm going to save you some breath, he said to him. Really? Because he's doing actually his job, which is to ask you questions about the corruption that's going on in this administration that gets funded by our tax dollars. You all work for us. Remember that? Of course you don't remember that, and you certainly don't act like it. But that's what we get from John Kirby today. Yeah, and what's amazing is it's uh, 10 years after the same James James Rosen, who was a Fox reporter at the time, was investigated by the FBI and named as a co-conspirator, but never charged in a crime simply by doing his job and asking questions about who the Biden Obama administration. That's right. The same dirtbags that were chasing him around back then, uh, grabbing his his badge, his phone records, his phone logs, going through his personal emails are the same people today that are all back doing the same jobs once again, screwing all of us, the American people. A couple other uncomfortable moments that the administration didn't want to deal with today from the press briefing. His son Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and the decision-making of why uh, the president decided to I, I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just... Now, how is it a personal family discussion when you're talking about the, the, the subject... <laughs> Of an investigation, a plea deal with that subject. Now we find out that that, that deal is uh, one of the more ridiculous things we've ever seen in this country. And the fact that the attorney general, who was handpicked by the subject's father, are dining together and roaming around the room together. How is that personal? It's not personal. It's not going to get into it. Let me ask you this. If, if Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, would he have invited someone who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors? Well, two a, co- days a couple of things. Again, that's his son. It's a, he's a family member. It is not uncommon for family members to attend uh, events at the White House. You could look at past presidents. I'm sure you have. So that is not uncommon. A, I mean, as it relates to anything uh, uh, related to, uh, to Hunter, I'm just not going to respond to it from here. They always say from here. So where from? The, 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 the <laughs> yeah. track? Step on the other right. side. The grass? Of the yeah. Where? The toilet? Yeah. Where? Where? The porta potty? Where can we get you to answer if it's not from there? Can I follow up on that? Okay. No, I just called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask with the President of the United States who's involved, as this message seems to suggest in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealing by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. She's desperately trying to find someone in the room because she figures, I got to have some allies here. There's got to be someone who's going to pick up on some other subject. Here's the thing, and I appreciate the 
question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, no has answered. dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D and the DOJ. Just not going to comment the from flag, here. Deflect, deflect. I will, all, what I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He, he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just, I just answered the question. I just Stephen, Stephen, I just answered the question. I just said, I just, this isn't, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answered the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this and I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Kareem, can you just remind us what your colleagues said? from the White House Council, so yes. we have it. Yeah, I, would, I, would, I would refer you to them, and they will share their statement with you. She has no idea what they say. You stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood That's at that podium, and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed, and I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House Council. This is not a change. I just answered the question. You asked, you just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stephen, I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. Go ahead. Karine, have you spoken to the president about this? Have you asked him whether he was there with his son on July 30th? This is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House Council. Do you plan to have that conversation no. with the president? No. Did the president speak with the attorney general at all? I can't. I, I, I cannot say uh, if the president uh, had had a conversation with the attorney general last night. What I can refer you to is the White House Counsel's Office as it relates to the uh, allegations. Uh, they've already addressed this. This is something for them to deal with. I refer you to the Department of Justice on anything else if you don't want to speak to the White House Counsel's Office. And there was Why have a press conference? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Just have a you referral. You know what? That was great. I'm glad she had the press conference. I'm glad that everybody gets to see. Now, we don't want to talk about this. Talk to somebody else. I'm not answering that question. I'm not doing this. I'm not because this is the kind of pressure they should have been getting every single day. And congratulations to James Rosen for opening that floodgate. The yeah. fact that he was able to do that and then everybody else said, you know what? It, it's like contagious. It's like, all right. I'm going to go next. And ne now, now all of a sudden you heard them like battling each other to get that next question out, which is something we've never seen when it comes to this administration. So, yay, finally. Yeah. Yeah, that was about as uncomfortable of four minutes as any Democrat press secretary is going to face in against the press. And you're right. You have to give credit where credit's due. They, they, they would pick, they continued to pick up where she tried to just find anything and anybody to pick up something new, hoping they would change the subject. Yeah. They didn't. And they tried to, they tried to keep going, at least pick up on what their colleague left off on. Yeah. And, and the fact that she's lying, saying, well, this is a personal matter. Uh, 
personal matter at a White House state dinner with the Indian prime minister? No, that's not personal. That's that's a state matter. That's the White House. That belongs to the people of this country. So it's not really a personal matter if you're escorting your your uh, your indicted drug addict, drug addled uh, son into the White House to, to rub shoulders with, uh, you know, dignitaries from from foreign nations. And, and this is I hate I hate to have to say this, but unfortunately, I don't know. This is the time where you really need a press to do their job. Yeah, because the pressure in there every day needs to be like that. They need to be doing their job and reporting on this and digging and digging and digging. And Congress needs to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and subpoena, subpoena whoever they need to get Garland in there, get whoever in there. And then the media has to do their job and push like that because every day she should feel like that until she's willing to get somebody in there who can answer some questions. And there has to be a judge, whoever this plea deal is going to. I don't know the minutia of how it works, but somebody has to reject that plea. Yeah. It just has to be. That cannot be allowed to stand with what we've learned in the last 24 to 48 hours. It well, just can't stand. Well, now the pressure's on the judge because, because from what I understand, the judge has that power to set aside that, that guilty uh, plea to those charges and, uh, you know, institute prison time. Or I should say, put, set aside the deal, take the guilty plea, but but not uh, agree to the deal of no prison time. All right, we'll be back. News and sports to wrap it up for a great week on a Friday night. Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. The human um, flying Chinese spy balloon landed in Washington, D.C. And let's see how it went for him today at the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Now, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of people, oh, geez. a lot of people who wonder, after I was the first candidate to endorse Donald Trump in 2016, the very first, <laughs> after... After he made me chairman Good start. of his transition. Good start. After he made me chairman of his opioid and drug abuse commission. After, and this one will keep you up at night, everybody. After I played Hillary Clinton in debate prep. You won't be able to sleep thinking about that one tonight. And after I played Joe Biden in debate prep in 2020, why am I running for president of the United States? I'm running because he's let us down. He has let us down because he's unwilling. He's unwilling to take responsibility for any of the mistakes that were made, any, uh, any of the faults that he has, and any of the things that he's done. And that is not leadership, everybody. That is a failure of leadership. Ooh. And I, you can boo all you want. Yep, I will. <laughs> but here's the thing. Our faith teaches us that people have to take responsibility for what they do. People have to stand up and take accountability for what they do. 
and I, I cannot stand by. And as soon as I've started to be critical, after all of that, and after you offered me White House Chief of Staff, now what he does is call me names and belittle me. And I will tell you, That's hard to do. if all you do, <laughs> all you do is disagree <laughs> with someone, and in return you get that kind of treatment, I've joined a great list of Americans like Rex Tillerson and Jim Mattis and Mark Esper Ooh. and Mick Mulvaney. Oh. And John Kelly <laughs> and all the rest. Oh, yeah, and the you rest. can love him all you want. But I will tell you, I will tell you that doing those kind of things makes our country smaller. It makes our country smaller and it makes us lesser. Well, mm-hmm. and you're standing next yeah. to it. Yeah. Baby yeah. donuts. As Slick Rick says, it's hard to belittle you. <laughs> exactly. so I, don't, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, so there, that's the road that Christie went down. Oh. And so now you know he's. I mean, he's clearly it's he's only in it, he's clearly in it for the free buffet. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's not. He's on the move. He's not. He's not. A, he's not <laughs> in it to win it. He's just no. in it for whatever the he's free buffet the is. Uh, he, he's also in there, like he said, just to uh, try and and hurt Trump. Yep. That, that's his only. That's his only yeah. reason for being. Great. He yeah. didn't get the job that he wanted. He got passed <sighs> over. Um, you know, Rex it, Tillerson, Mick yeah. Mulvaney, that's yeah, you're going to yeah. lump yourself in with? Okay, good luck <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah. Exactly. Good luck with that. All right, let's do some sports before we wrap it up and hear what that is. Slick Rick, Rick Amorati Sports, brought to you by Mike Lindell. What's going on, Slick? Well, what do you know? We're going to go back to the rodeo on a Friday night. Big D got one more rodeo in here. Don't forget to get those rodeo T-shirts over the weekend, Big D. That's Ooh, a I'm going to wear that on Monday. That nice let's color. go to the rodeo on that Monday. Go, that was great in that blue. Big D showed me that the other mm. night. And we got the west of the Pecos Rodeo, Pecos. Texas, the Buck Jackson Arena underway. Bareback riding, Keenan Hayes, 88 and a half points on Peacock Pro Rodeos. Worth the whiskey. I like that one. Steer Wrestling, second round. Colt Honey, 4.7 seconds. That's a honey of a score there. Team Roping, second round. Caleb Driggers and Junior Noguera, 5.1 seconds flat. Saddle Bronc, Lefty Marvel Holman, 87 and a half points on Peacock Pro Rodeos. Up Tuck. Whoa, must be Target sponsoring it. Tie Down, second round. <laughs> Seth Hall, 9 seconds. Flat and bow racing. Kelly Allen pulling up the rear. 17.610 seconds. Steer open. Second round. Rocky Patterson 12.2 seconds. And bull riding. Creek Young 88 points on Pete Car Rodeos. Little Bill. And uh, the total pay on that road 212,073. Smackaroos, and we talked about this a little earlier. Big D touched on this former Ohio State quarterback, Curb Herbstreit's, uh, Kirk Herbstreit's 21 year old son, Zach, hospitalized with likely cardiac arrest. This is Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Zach Herbstreit, the son of former Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback, Kirk Herbstreit, has been hospitalized and is under the care of a team of cardiac specialists, according to reports. The 21 year old walk on college tight end was hospitalized on Tuesday after complaining that he was not feeling right, according to TMZ Sports. Details of just what medical condition sent him to Wexner Medical Center in Columbus, Ohio, were not disclosed. But in a subsequent message posted on Twitter, the player thanked the team of experienced cardiologists who are treating him. The former Buckeye QB posted on his Twitter account that his son had a bit of a setback, quote-unquote, in the last few weeks. The player is listed as stable, and his doctors are working to head off further complications. His family is with him and appreciates everyone's concerns and prayers. Zach first joined the Buckeyes in 2021. Before that, he played tight end for Montgomery. 
Corey Bell Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. He is a third-generation Ohio State football player. His grandfather, Jim Herbstreit, played running back, and his father, of course, started that QB from 1989 to 1993. Um, and time for anything else, Big D, or are we going to wrap that up in sports? We got time. Go okay, ahead. here we go. Here's a good one. We got Aaron Rodgers here. Listen to this one. Aaron Rodgers to uh, to speak at psychedelic conference in Denver. This is Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. Well, Aaron Rodgers, he needs psychedelics if he thinks the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl this year. New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He's already on him if he thinks that. <laughs> will reportedly speak at the psychedelic science conference in Denver this week. I think we should send Rick down there as our reporter. Uh, the conference is a gathering of those interested in psychedelics. You do sports. Well, I do sports, but yeah. Rick, you know, Rick, he's got all the Rick psychedelic does mushrooms. stories. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? What you're trying to say? Ah, well, he's from out of space. But anyway, uh, and those trying to advocate for the increased therapeutic use of psychedelics to treat various physical and mental health issues. Rogers made headlines throughout the sports world last year when discussing his uh, past use of ayahuasca, uh, a psychedelic drug that he believes um, helps him have the best season of his career in 2021. To me, one of the core tenets of your mental health health is that self-love, Rogers said on the Aubrey Marcus podcast last year. That's what um, Ayahuasca did for me, for uh, helped me uh, to unconditionally love myself. It's only in that unconditional self-love that then I'm able to truly be able to, oh, you know, this is, just goes off. Sounds like he did this interview on Mushrooms. The closest I've ever come to Ayahuasca tea is, oh, my wife's guy, huh? <laughs> anyway, that's a wrap in sports. Big okay, thing. thank you. Wow. Okay, very good. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers That's a wrap. He's wrapped, yeah. <laughs> 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 Anything else in the news, uh, Rick Delgado, you uh, yeah, want to do? Well, speaking of space, of since you brought it oh. up, believe it or not, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley said he was surprised to learn how many unidentified aerial phenomena the U.S. government has come across amid calls from lawmakers for investigations into a whistleblower's claims of a secret... UFO program. The number of these are apparently huge, huge. And there is something that the government has, the best that I can say about downplayed, if not kept from the public for a long, long time, said Hawley. While he acknowledged that he can't assess the truth of David Grush's allegations, Hawley pointed to government reports that indicated that UAP sightings, UFO, I'm going to say UFOs, UFO sightings that remain unaccounted for. I don't have any basis to evaluate them, but there are some details that he's alleging that do not not sound plausible they they yeah sure they sound plausible but wait but what we've seen from the government uh do in other instances is not holly says his remarks concern the government's response to the chinese spy balloon spotted over the u.s back in january what we learned from the chinese spy balloon incident is that one part of the government actively concealed it from other parts of the government which is what they do all the time he said David Grush is an Air Force veteran and member of the National Geospatial Inter- Intelligence Agency alleged that the U.S. government has recovered non-human craft for decades. So there you have it. Hawley said he felt that Grush's claims mm. tracks with what he alleges he has heard during briefings. You know who else is working on things in space? No. And as a point of personal privilege, as chair of the National Space Council, I thank you for your leadership in space and for our joint work on an Earth science satellite, which will help us address the climate crisis. No, thank God. Great. (laughs) 
boy. He's been doing joint work. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Make sure you head over to livefromstudio6b.com and become a member tonight. Good things going out this weekend. We'll see you Monday night, 8 p.m., right here, live from Studio 6B.